Hi, I'm Talia. And I'm Ehab. We are the hosts of Compassionate Conversations podcast. Which is all about honest and compassionate conversations around issues affecting young people from single parent households. We'll be hosting each episode where we speak to some amazing young people with inspiring stories. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media, Single Parents Wellbeing. Hello everybody, welcome to our new series of podcasts. I will introduce myself and then share a little bit of why we're wanting to chat about certain things, what we hope you guys will get out of it. So my name's Talia Stimson. This year I've started working with Single Parents Wellbeing and that's been a dream of mine to be able to work with other young single parents and young people as I am a young single parent myself. I had my daughter Lily Rose when I was a teenager and I just love being able to talk to other young parents and to be honest any other young people it's such like significant time I think so many things are changing lots of like life changes happen and it's just I love hearing people's stories about like the reality of like the little details that go on in people's lives and the lessons they learn along the way so I think the biggest thing that I hope that listeners will get out of these will be that they yeah feel like they're not alone that they can in some ways relate to other young people who we will have on here and yeah hopefully yeah can relate in some ways and feel encouraged and have hope that whatever you're facing you're not on your own in the struggles and that there are so many other people who have got through really difficult times and have come out so much stronger because of it um so yes so I will also be hosting with Ehab. Ehab is amazing. He has such a strong heart for, especially for mental health. So we're going to be doing a podcast soon on mental health and he will introduce himself. But for now, we have the incredible guest speaker of Emily Hattersley. And Emily is a very good friend of mine. I met her during university. She was another parent who is, she's such a delight. As soon as like you speak to her or if you hear her, you just can't help but just feel uplifted and inspired. She's just such a joy. So I'm so excited to be chatting with her today. Yeah. And we're this we're kicking off this first podcast and we will be talking about her transition to single parenthoods. So what it's like to be a young single parent and the things that come with that, the journey, the challenges and the incredible lessons that we've learned along the way. So yeah, now I will introduce you to Emily. Hi, nice to meet you all. <laughs> <laughs> we are sat in the kitch, which is where I work. And Emily has checked it out for the first time today. Wow, it's awesome. It's like a storage container. It's it so is. cool, but like all kitted out and homely. Stuff. It is. It's very warm. We love it. I have to say, we mothers, we know how to make a place a home, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> oh, so thanks for joining me today. It's okay. Thank you for inviting me. I've just done a little introduction of who you are, and I said how we met in uni mm-hmm. and we both did a work experience and we met on there didn't we and we just like clicked kind of like an internship I think we were yeah doing, like, summer schools to like try and you know raise aspirations for young people that had disadvantages and we just kind of yeah 
It's very where our hearts are at, wasn't it? It was, it was. <laughs> we just clicked. It, we, yeah, we just immediately clicked. And I think I really liked it because I remember coming back and telling my mum, being like, oh my God, I've met another, like another parent in uni. Because at the time, I think I had known one other person. Mm-hmm. But all of my other friends, like, were amazing friends, but couldn't quite relate. It was um, the same for me. Like, I knew absolutely nobody that had already had children. And, like, my yeah. perception as, like, a mum in uni, I felt like nobody was parents in uni. They were all, like, young 18-year-olds and stuff. So it was so nice to, like, meet somebody that yeah. had also been through the university with a child. Yeah. And, like, understood the challenges and yeah. stuff. It was just so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. Yeah, so we became friends from university and have been friends since then. Yeah, um, two years now. Yeah. It's strong. But you went on from that intern didn't you to actually work for them Mm -hmm. and then I went off and did something else yeah we're on a different path didn't we different paths but still friends (laughs) and still talking about what it's like parenting and now going into work in life which is crazy single working mothers hey who'd have thought (laughs) (laughs) oh I feel like that sort of opened up this podcast quite well really it has hasn't it just like bringing different perspectives to stuff because I think like my perception of a single mum when I was younger was just someone that didn't necessarily like you know have an education or have a job not necessarily you know what I mean just like was spent all their time with their children and to know that you can do both things like that that was a foreign concept to me yeah at that age so I think yeah it's important to bring awareness it is it's so important because yeah you just yeah people have no idea of like just the different routes that you can take the different options of what it could look like Mm -hmm. so yeah I think it's really great so could you tell us like just tell us a little bit of your story your transition into becoming a parent in uni and oh gosh well (laughs) (laughs) tell us from the start we want to hear everything (laughs) well I had a little bit of a difficult route going to uni I actually tried two different times the first time I did Egyptology and didn't really work out for me so I went back to Cardiff uni and started doing media and communications and then in the summer of my first year I went out with my friends I didn't really go out very often but I had a hangover that lasted for like a week and I was like there's something up here there is something up here and me and my daughter's dad we'd been together for about six years at the time five six years at the time and we took a pregnancy test and it was positive and I was just like there was a lot of overwhelming feelings of like gosh am I going to be able to do this because I'm still in uni if I leave uni now I won't be able to go back because of the funding and it just wasn't going to be a viable thing so I had to make like a serious choice of what I was going to do obviously we considered all of the options meticulously like we had made a decision one way and then the next day we kind of looked at each other and were like no we can do this we can do uni and a baby bring the challenge on (laughs) so yeah went through my second year pregnant I didn't tell anybody because I thought there was going to be kind of like a stigma and there was to be honest like a lot of my friends in uni once I did finally come out and tell people they didn't speak to me because I think they thought like oh this person's not going to continue uni there's not really much point continuing friends with them because we're not going to have much in common I told everybody about I think it was like 24 weeks or something I did a big post because my friends did like a gender reveal party thing And yeah, and then I spent most of my time while I was pregnant not going out. So because obviously I was pregnant, so it gave me a lot more time to do my essays and things like that. I tried to get as much as I could done before the baby came, which really helped me, to be honest. And then I did all of my submissions after she was born. She was born in April and I got an extension to do everything in August. And then, yeah, just... 
That's so good that the uni let you do that, so they gave you extensions, mm-hmm. so they took that into account and worked really well with you. A hundred percent. And it's like normally when you do things in the August submission period, they're capped at like you know the max the maximum you can get, which is like forty percent or something. But because they've taken my my circumstances into consideration, they let me get like full marks for what I need. You know the, the full marks that I was capable of getting. So it meant that I was able to like finish uni with pretty good marks and a pretty good thing and a baby. Oh my goodness. Was... Pretty good marks. You got like a first first class degree, didn't you? It was because I had no social life. Like, <laughs> Honestly, it's so incredible. Thanks, Pop. You did the same though. You still got yourself through uni and got yeah. amazing marks and do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just shows like we're both examples of the fact you can go to university yeah. and get a degree as well as being a parent and that should never hinder you. It's just an additional thing to put on top. Yeah, I agree. I think as well, like I remember from my experience, a lot of people think it's like the moment you're pregnant, then you're going to... like life is over. <laughs> yeah, that's an end to your education and that. And I think that is quite a like thought out thing that's quite common and Mm -hmm. I think that's something that actually I think if somebody makes a decision to keep the baby and stay in education and you just find ways around it don't you and if anything it actually it makes you work so much harder it gives you that like focus on your work so much more I remember just being so determined after that and like my focus and Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you've got, like, a reason to do stuff. Like, when I was pregnant, I remember, oh, this essay's really driving me nuts. And then I'd get, like, a kick and I'd feel like, do you know what? I'm doing this for you now. Instead of just oh, doing this for me, I'm so doing this for somebody else to give us a better future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. in that, I see it as a bit of an advantage, to be honest, because yeah. you've got more of a reason to do this. Do you yeah, know I, mean? I agree. And also more of a reason to look after yourself. Like, I think yeah. sometimes with uni and stuff, you can get really bogged down in it and go into this, like, hole. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you've got something else to push you out of that it gives you more encouragement to continue with it and to look after yourself and say right okay I need to take a break I can't get stressed because I'm pregnant and it's going to affect the baby so I'm going to go have a bath chill myself out have a cup of tea and then come back to it and it just gives you that that focus and encouragement to continue with it yeah I think that's such an amazing point I think as well like the perspective change and I think that's a part of like growing up as well but Mm-hmm. It's the maturity that comes with it where it just shifts your perspective, I think, from mm-hmm. things that actually in life just aren't important, but actually, like, it's so easy to, like, dwell on things or, like, everyone has their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I know a few people who are young single parents and before they got pregnant, there would just be, like, a focus on, I don't know, just on insecurities and, mm-hmm. like, lacking in motivation and, like, of the future and their own things mm-hmm. going on but I think as soon as they realised they were pregnant and they were like oh crap there's like a real life here and like your priorities change. What everything I mean just kind of fitting on that point like with insecurities and stuff like I used to have huge insecurities before Daisy was born like I was really worried about the way that I looked and do you know what I mean whereas I think when you have a child you have to think like I'm the example now I don't want to be worrying about the way that I look because my child is going to then embody that herself and be worrying about what she looks like and I kind of feel like when you have a kid you're like I've done my purpose now I don't need to (laughs) look nice I can just go out there looking like a homeless person it's great (laughs) that's such a good point I think is it actually really for like insecurities like I think children are so pure and they're so innocent Mm -hmm. that 
it's and they just bring that into the world and it does challenge your the ways that you see yourself even and Mm -hmm. and the way yeah like what you said about modeling to them even about like loving yourself and being beautiful Mm -hmm. because I remember really being challenged actually by Lily when one time I think she was like four or five and she was like asking why I was I remember she was watching me like put on makeup and she was asking me why I was wearing makeup and she was like oh like she was like I can't remember exactly what it was but she was like why are you putting that things on your face like you're so beautiful and (laughs) it was so sweet and I think she was like oh like shall I wear that when I'm older and I remember just having that thing in me of being like no like you don't you don't need you don't need any makeup you're you're just so beautiful just the way you are and I didn't even want makeup or like even like appearances like any concern of your appearance Mm -hmm. to be like ever an issue or something like oh I have to do my makeup before I go out like actually like I want her to like grow up and feel so like grounded in who she is that Mm -hmm. if she wants to yeah great but actually not that she has to before she goes out 100% and it's just it's going back to like this is another thing kind of on that point in terms of like a lot of people that suffer with like mental health they really really like hate themselves and speak to themselves horribly and like say oh no you're you know you're ugly you're this you're that But I read a theorist once who said, treat yourself with as much love and understanding as you would with your own child. And then I started looking at the way that I was thinking about myself. And I would think, I would never say those things about Daisy. I would would never. And if anybody said that about my child, I would go mental. So why why do we say things like that about ourselves? And I feel like my mental health significantly improved as soon as I started treating myself the way that I would like my child to be treated or the way that I would treat my child myself. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And I think like... I think when you like almost go into like that transition into like parenthood you almost don't expect these things to like to learn these things along the way like Mm -hmm. you're immediately thinking like how's this gonna work what's life gonna be like like I don't know all of these things but actually it's way more like complex than that like Mm -hmm. there are so many like thoughts every day that happen and grow you and there's like things you don't think about so when you have like in your vision like how I'm going to be as a parent before you have children you think oh it's going to be all play dates and fun stuff and all this but you don't really think about the fact that everything that you say your child is going to embody and take that on they're like sponges and there's so many things that you don't even consider yeah you know what I mean yeah it's yeah it's crazy (laughs) yeah it is how did you find because it wasn't like you hadn't been planning to have a child for like years or however Mm -hmm. long and it was like a bit of a surprise for you how did you find like dealing with that because maybe you had did you have something in mind before of like your life mapped out and how you wanted to have children and how did you I mean I think part of me always did want to have children as much as I'd deny it back then I think there was a part of me that was kind of always yearning for that kind of family aspect of things but well my original plan was to like you know be driving and have this awesome job by 25 and then be married and do you know what I mean but I think life just doesn't work out that way you can never map out your future and have <laughs> yeah. it to a T I mean I respect the people that do but I, honestly so I mean it was a bit of a shock I think I don't know we'd we'd lost one before and I think it was kind of motivated by that and it was kind of like yeah we are going to do this if it's meant to be it's meant to be yeah and I think I'd never have my life any other way do you know what I mean there's 
Yeah. She's taught me how to look after someone, but also look after myself and really know what's important in life and to just to appreciate the little things. And like, there are struggles. There have been struggles at every single age. Every parent will tell you there's things that, you know, you don't ever think about and there's massive challenges. But I think in the end, the light that they bring to your life and just the happiness. Like, look, I'm smiling like a baboon there. Honestly, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Wasn't what and I was expected. Daisy is the most sweetest, like <laughs> smiliest, like happiest little girl you will ever meet. Unless she's hungry. <laughs> I'm a mean, girl after my own heart. <laughs> Literally. Oh, she's adorable. But she's so, so sweet. Though. So yeah, Lily is as well. And I think that's kind of that's kind of a benefit of having a child young is that you don't really have much chance to think about how you would plan things out do you know what I mean and how you would parent and you're just kind of doing it on a whim based purely on your instincts yeah and then I don't know I just feel like having a child younger is kind of is helped me to relate to her a bit more because I can remember being like little do you know what I mean yeah definitely I find that do you have you ever felt this question is coming from a few other parents that I know who have felt a level of guilt Mm -hmm. over the fact that it hadn't happened in the circle it almost like in the idyllic perfect (laughs) circumstances like have you ever experienced like dwelling on that or like Mm. a guilt around that yeah definitely definitely I mean I think there's going to be guilt with everything there's there's guilt in every single action that you do but you have to realize that you are just doing the best that you can do like I have guilt at the moment that obviously I don't drive yet so I can't take my daughter on as many activities that I'd like to do or there's you know being a single parent you don't have as much financial help as you would like to to be able to take them on play dates and do fun things and go for cute do you know what I mean it's there's guilt with everything and there's you know the guilt of maybe not bringing not having as much family as you would have liked to have bring with them or maybe not the relationships with your family members that you would have hoped your child would have had with them but I think the point is to just you are doing the best that you can and that is all you can do and you need to give yourself some credit for how much of an awesome job you are actually doing yeah I think that's the main thing to take away from that yeah I agree and I think as well like something that I've always like said to other people who have ended up in that situation and have almost gone down the roots of like oh but I wish I could give more and Mm -hmm. things like that I think actually like coming to terms with your reality right now and just Mm -hmm. focusing on that and thinking actually like if anything was different and I had this child in like 10 years time where there'd maybe more ideal circumstances and I could give them all the things that I had wanted to give them, then actually reality is it would be a different child. And so there's just no point, I don't think, in like thinking of all those kind of things because it's impossible to have the same child in 10 years' time. Mm -hmm. And so it would be an entirely different human being who's bringing something different to the world. And I do feel like a lot of those assumptions come from comparison. Like you're comparing yourself to maybe a parent that does have those things. And what you don't realise is there's parents that do have the things that you feel that you're lacking will feel guilt over different things completely because they're in a different situation. And again, it points back to like, it would be a different child. You would have a different child had you had different things yeah. And you wouldn't want that. Like, yeah. your child is the perfect embodiment of what you want them to be. Yeah. And, yeah, like, don't compare yourself to anybody else. You're, yeah. Everyone is in on this world, you know, trying to do the best that they can. And don't compare yourself to anybody That's else. That's <laughs> such a good point. And I think as well, like, it's a very, like, society thing as well, isn't it, of 
how the perfect family should come about. And but there's actually, no guidebook. There's no exactly. rule book. There's no guidelines of this is what a perfect family is. There's no, it's what's right for you, what works for you. Yeah. 100%. And I think as well, like, from, like, my own experience of having Lily, like, in my teenage years, mm-hmm. I think my family and my church, actually, I always, like, just feel so grateful for their reactions and their responses because they almost, like, were able to, like, see above the... I don't know, the problems that could potentially come about or maybe issues to do with education and financial things. And they were able to really acknowledge, like, this is, like, a child who's coming into the world and Mm -hmm. they are worth celebrating. But I feel like if they'd have come to you with all those problems, that would have put those problems in your mind and made you less at ease as you were, whereas they just accepted it. Okay, this this happens. Yeah. This happens. And there's another life coming into the world, which is great. Let's support this person to make sure that she can make the best decisions and she can, you know, raise this child the best that she can instead of just chucking on negatives at you. That's so true. And I think it is, like, when you're in that situation, it's it can feel really overwhelming because there's, like, a million changes that are about to happen and things mm-hmm. that need to be put in place. And so I think it's really just taking one thing at a time, isn't it? it? Is, like, it one day is. at a time, one thing at a time. As with everything. As with everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads us on to, like, the practical questions, really, of, like, how did you, like, practically like almost negotiate with the university to stick with your education whilst being pregnant and having days like what were those almost first port of calls to help that you seeked like in those like early days well literally the first thing that I did as soon as I'd been to the doctor and like you know gotten all that stuff out of the way I went to my personal tutor and they kind of were like oh well it's gonna be hard you know don't you know don't hate yourself if you don't get through it and stuff like that and I felt like that they were supportive and they were practical in all of it but I don't feel like they really were like yeah you can do this you can do this but that to be honest just made me like want to prove them wrong even more I was like well yeah I'm gonna do this do you know what I mean yeah and like they were supportive in what I could do they told me about like being able to do all my you know stuff in the submission periods I made sure that I had modules with no exams and stuff because I knew that I couldn't realistically do you know what I mean it was helped when I was like writing stuff out and I could have like a physical thing in front of me to say like this is how far I am through it but yeah I mean sorry I've forgotten the question (laughs) that's okay I asked about what were the practical steps that you took was there professional help that you seek so you'd already said you went to the tutors I went to the personal tutors Um, you'd gone to the doctors to Mm -hmm. talk about all your options and talk about the medical side of things and that was pretty much it, to be honest. Really? Like, everything else was just... I was classed as, like, a normal student. Wow. You know, and I didn't really... I'd speak to my course tutors and just say, like... And this was mostly after Daisy was born. Just, like, oh, I might need to take a phone call halfway through. Do you mind if yeah. I leave? And they were completely fine with that. And, yeah, I was just a normal student. Yeah. Although this reminds me of one instance where I went into the student union with the pram when she was born. And I was looking around trying to find this place that I hadn't been to. <laughs> and someone came up to me and was like, oh, sorry, are you, are, you in the wrong, are you in the wrong building, my dear? And I was like, nope, nope, I've been to this uni for three years. I do know my way around, just looking for a specific room. Thank you. <laughs> Don't mind me and my pram. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it wasn't really that much different, to be honest. It was just kind of balancing, you know, the normal things you do as, ju- you know, just a parent and normal things you do as just a student, but like doing them both together. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> Juggling act. Juggling act. But and that's what life is, isn't it? It Juggling is. Life, let's be fair. It is. 
And what would you say were like some of the challenges that you probably did? Because we've already spoken about some of the unexpected blessings that have come from it. Mm-hmm. What were some of the unexpected challenges that you didn't almost realise what you were getting into? Oh, there's a lot of them. One of them specific to uni was breastfeeding. Mm. Oh so my God, yeah. Yeah, there's a significant lack of places where you can like express and things like that. And that was really, really difficult. So I ended up having to stop breastfeeding a lot sooner than I would have wanted to. I got to six months and I really wanted to breastfeed her until she was a year, but it just wasn't feasible. I was getting into lessons and I was like leaking and it was just, right. there was no, I had to go to the toilet and pump and that's not really hygienic. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless you. I know the first like couple of weeks I was like nipping to daycare every like hour or so <laughs> be like here's a drop off for you some more drop off for you oh, wow. um, yeah and by the end it was just not feasible no. so that was one of the challenges I would say one of the challenges not relating to university but relating to being a single parent while working is just the mental fatigue that you never thought you'd have to experience so Obviously, for the first two years of Daisy's life, we were, you know, a two-parent family. So it was like, when you get too stressed, the partner would be able to take the child. You could have five minutes to yourself just to breathe, decompress, and then come back to it. Whereas being a single parent, you can't do that. It's like, you'll have all the stress from work built up. Then you'll have to look after your child after work and do all that. And if they're having a bad day and stuff, and they're like, you know, having one of those RG, like crying at everything moments, you can't then... Like, I'd take myself outside to have five minutes break, just to have five minutes fresh air. To, but then my daughter would be knocking on the door going, Mummy, come in, come in. Yeah. And it's not like you can't just leave them. Do you know what I mean? It's not doable, especially with a younger child. With an older yeah. child, it might be different. But it's not being able to have that that break, that downtime, and just learning the skills of just being able to keep going, keep going. They're going to be in bed soon. A couple more hours, a couple more yeah. hours. Yeah. And it's just that's one of the biggest curveballs, I think, that I've had to deal with. Yeah. It's just being, I'm trying to say calm and focused in that because like the way that you act towards stress is then the way that your child is going to act towards stress yeah. and it's maintaining that in your mind. But then yeah. again, that guilt comes from that because then yeah. if there's a day that you, you just can't keep it together and you do end up just snapping, just go, oh, just yeah. go sit down. Yeah. Then you think, oh God, then I've taught them something that yeah. I didn't want to teach them. Yeah. But I think that's just about like taking each day as it comes and it's then how you work from that. Do you know what I mean? You can. Yeah. I'll go and sit down with Daisy and go. Look, I'm sorry that I I snapped at you, but yeah. all this stuff's going on, and she's too young to understand. But for <laughs> yeah. me, I think it helps me to then, you know, yeah. mentally process it with her. And yeah, big challenges. <laughs> yeah, that is that's a really good point. I think yeah, definitely. And it's also like having to like just make sure that your child's needs are above yours or everything like they've always got to be fed you've got to you know always got to be clothed in bed on time and all those additional Mm. things that you'd have to do for yourself whereas I didn't do those for myself before Daisy was born you know I used to sleep till god knows what not eat really unhealthy food barely exercise barely do anything did nothing for my mental health yeah whereas then after she was born having that experience of looking after somebody tending to someone's needs made me look at myself and think right okay I'm actually lacking in these areas I need to improve that. And so we do that together. We do like activities. We do mindfulness together. We take deep breaths together. And like, it's really, it's helpful. Yeah. It's a challenge that's turned into a positive. (laughs) It is, isn't it? I think that's one of like the big things. Like with every challenge, there is like an opportunity for growth. And it can be really uncomfortable, like an uncomfortable Mm -hmm. conversation or 
It could be, I don't know, like learning how to navigate massive tantrums or <laughs> even like, yeah, like what you said when you're like, when, how do you handle it when you're absolutely exhausted? Mm-hmm. But then your child might have a moment of exhaustion too and you mm-hmm. can like freak out. But like, mm-hmm. she has her own, <laughs> she has her own like emotions and she has moments where she's tired and it's just like, I think one thing that's kind of helped me with tantrums is to instead of, looking at the situation like oh she's giving me a hard time I like take five minutes and say okay she's maybe having a hard time because she's only little she can't really express her emotions that well and it's the same with like up to teenagers even teenagers struggle to express themselves because they've not had experience of doing that they won't know until they've done it do you know what I mean so it's just like I don't know taking time and trying to see things from their perspective and really get down to okay right I'm having a hard time but I'm the adult here so I need to take five minutes just breathe see things from their perspective, see if there's anything I can do to calm them down. And then maybe in turn, they'll be able to help me calm down. Yeah. And that's what's helped me with tantrums. Oh God, the tantrums. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that it is. It's those like little, like change of thoughts in your mind can Mm -hmm. actually have massive impact, Mm -hmm. can't it? Somebody told me recently, like when they were really struggling with something. And I think just like, just being exhausted of having to do so many different things and just the little like change of like catchphrase they tell themselves in their mind instead of oh great I've got to do this again it's been like actually I choose to do this because I'm oh, great I've got I to do want, this yeah I want this place for myself to like a clear space because I'll be able to like think I don't know think better mm-hmm. I mean that's my motivation for cleaning my house <laughs> I've noticed the correlation between when my house is really, really messy, I feel messy in my head and I can't see straight. Whereas like, if I give myself, it's just that extra push once Daisy's gone to bed, I go, right, okay, I've just got to do this set list of tasks. That's all I've got to do. And then I can breathe. And then when I can breathe, it's like, oh, it's like I can feel it falling off me. It's just like I can actually breathe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's getting the motivation to do that. It's like when you've had a really hard day in work, it's like them dishes are piling up and it's like, oh, I can't be bothered. But yeah, I agree. It does help. It does help. It does help. (laughs) So it's doing these little things that you know, actually you're doing this for you. Like this Mm -hmm. is for like the health of your mental health, to Mm -hmm. be the best parent and yeah. And I think like I'm very forward focus so I'll think about the future so when I'm doing something instead of thinking mm. oh I'm right in this moment I've got to do this and I'm thinking about how horrible this is I'm instead thinking how good is this place going to look when I'm all done how good am I going to feel when I know that I've completed all these tasks do you know what I mean yeah, it's that's like so good. and then rewarding yourself at the end for all the things you've done I'll reflect on the day and say right I got up today I took my daughter to daycare today by myself I did a whole damn ass day of work and then I came back and I cooked dinner, got her to bed, cleaned the house, successful bloody day. Yeah, you know I mean? it's and so by, good. By those, I don't know, yeah, by some people, I don't know. I think that's such a good way of looking at it because actually you've, you have literally been like done amazingly. You've done a billion things. You have mm-hmm. to like, you have to take on a lot, I think, being like a single parent and, mm-hmm. and you've literally bossed the day. But give and and there, there probably are things in the day where like things go wrong and things get to you a bit more and mm-hmm. you, I don't know, maybe you didn't sleep as well or whatever and they take its toll and like it can be sometimes easy to just like dwell on those things. But actually, mm-hmm. Like, looking at the bigger picture, you've just bossed the day and done an incredible Mm -hmm. job. One thing that I found that really, really helps with stuff like this is by not looking at your day as, like, a whole day 
but split your day into four quadrants. So morning, afternoon, evening, and night. And if you wake up, have a bad start, you go, right, okay, that's just the morning. Now the afternoon, this section, I'm going to boss this section. And then you do, and then it gives you more encouragement. You've got four opportunities throughout the day to make sure that, you know, you get one section done right. And that gives you so much more encouragement to carry on. Yeah. Yeah. That is actually really helpful. Because I think (laughs) I definitely have, like, I can't even remember. Like, I think, like, last week or something, something happened. Like, quite a few things happened. And it was, like, half nine in the morning. And I was like... (laughs) That's it. I'm writing off this day. But then it does just like change around, and yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. But it is also alright to have a have a day where you just write it off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, what would you say as well are the like biggest unexpected positives that have come from having Daisy as a young parent? The unexpected positives are the relationship I have with my child. Like, I think, so a bit of background, I was in care. So I had kind of, I never felt like anyone really loved me. And through having my daughter and now she's able to express that she does. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's understanding what unconditional love is and having someone completely depend on you. It's just, it's such a great feeling. Like, I don't know, my daughter will just turn around to me and go, I love you, mummy. And it's just oh my god it just fills me with such pride and like there was a, a time where she stayed at a pair a grandparents for a few days and then she came back and in the middle of the night she decided to come in and sleep with me and I woke up and we just both looked at each other and we were just we just had a fit of giggles and it's just having that unconditional love regardless that's one of the biggest positives that I could have ever imagined like I never mm-hmm. imagined it would be so strong the bond you would have and the little jokes that you can have and it's just, it's like making your own best friend. Do you know Aww. what I mean? And also like time management. It's helped me with time management. It's helped me to fully understand who I want to be, the role model that I want to be for my child. And it's helped me like establish who I am. And like, I don't know, the friends I've made through being a mum, like, and like just understanding and the support that I feel through my experiences that I'm able to like share with people and the different perspectives and stuff. And I don't know, just it's it's a community, it's an unwritten community of being a mum that you, do you know what I mean? There's always yeah. someone there for support that I felt like I may not have had had I not had Daisy. Yeah. So, yeah that was, what about you? Oh, some of the biggest positives, I would say the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I ultimately the biggest positive is like having this incredible new relationship in your life that will just keep on growing every single year. And I think just yeah the love that is between like me and Lily is just yeah it's been amazing and I think from my when I came to uni and I moved away from like my mum's house it was just actually even though it was so heartbreaking for us to leave our family and our friends Mm -hmm. it was also just such like a foundational time of like just building our relationship and having so much quality time and just yeah I just feel so lucky that I got that time yeah and also Lil's has seen you working like towards a goal for that and like she's gonna look back and think holy heck mum like you did that while looking after me while everything else while you're still figuring out who you were as a person like that's insane too that's insane like you've smashed it yeah oh thank you you too (laughs) 
And how about going... I feel like I should have ended with the positives, really. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to end on a negative note. But going back to any negatives, have you experienced, like, the stigma? Because you mentioned before that you were aware of there could be a stigma. Mm -hmm. And with, like, your friends in uni Mm -hmm. made immediate assumptions that you probably wouldn't be available or you wouldn't be around much. Like, other than that, have you experienced, like, much stigma from having Daisy? Well, there's been a lot of, you know, people saying, oh, you know, you're going to struggle and trying to just outline the difficulties to me. And I'm like, well, I I do know. Like, it's not like I've made this decision flippantly. I've decided everything. There was, what was I going to say? There was one bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was one bit of stigma that I felt personally from being a care leaver and having experienced a lot of people around me having quite a lot of involvement with social services, that was always a severe thing in the back of my head. Like, oh my God, are they going to judge me based on being a young mum coming from, you know, a, a care background? Are they going to like look at me extra? Are they going to like critique me all the time? So then when I had health visitors and that come over, I was always so on edge and things like that. And there was one instance where the health visitor came round and said that my daughter was like, what was the word? Severely developmentally delayed, she said. And I got referred to parenting classes and Daisy got introduced to like, what was it? They they wanted to do hearing tests and like all these kind of different tests. And I feel like that was based on the assumption that I was a young mum and didn't really know what I was doing. Whereas every child is different. And literally it was a couple of weeks after that initial meeting with her, before we'd even gone to the classes, Daisy's speech was flowing. She was above everything and everything else it was just that one review and like it was all I don't know I feel like there was a lot of stigma around me being a young mum and being on my own and not having much you know family support to guide me I feel like they thought that I was failing in some way and that really really affected my opinion of myself as a mum that's so hard isn't it when like already you're doing so much and like Mm. you're doing the best you can and then being met with like responses like that Mm -hmm. it's at the time of your life you probably need the most encouragement support and belief and faith in you from other people Mm -hmm. and like to be met with that is just such a knock isn't it it's terrible what about you did you have any stigma I remember I know what you mean about like social services because I remember one time Lily was about two years old and I took her to A&E because she had a little finger infection mm-hmm. and the doctor in there like obviously this wasn't written in their things that they had to ask and mm-hmm. he was just out of nowhere was just like oh uh, are you involved with social services just an assumption uh, just an assumption oh and I was like no I was a little bit taken aback I was like oh um gosh. no they're not involved why would they be it's like no my child has just hurt themselves as children do yeah like and I'm coming to you for help yeah. and you're just throwing that oh my goodness I think that's such like a negative thing about a stigma because like you said like somebody could see a child is like I don't know could have like a infection which is a normal part of life isn't mm-hmm, it kids mm-hmm. can get poorly and kids are um, <laughs> literally <laughs> and I think actually if you saw a I don't know 30 40 year old woman with a child I don't know without their like socks on for example this mm-hmm. is some another story I've heard from a friend who said they were on a bus and they as a young parent and they had 
their child kept on pulling their socks off and it was mm. such like an effort to keep these like socks on in the end she was like you know what we're gonna be home in like two minutes leave the like socks leave the socks off mm-hmm. and that was that was it and this person came up to her and was like muttering under her breath and oh was God. like you need to put socks and shoes on this child but I and like- I just think there is no way I just it's unlikely that like comments and judgments like that would actually go mm-hmm. to somebody who was like in their 30s 40s mm-hmm. and they saw their child who maybe kept pulling their socks off like there's not a reflection of the parent in that they, situation oh it's a child and they're just being a kid mm-hmm. they just assume that as somebody is older they've clearly got more experience and clearly know how to do things more but it's yeah. like nobody knows anyone's situation you might have been a young person that's had kids your entire life around you yeah. do you know what i mean yeah oh it's just that's horrible yeah <laughs> So I think there definitely, like, stigma does definitely exist, which is ironic, really, because we found out the statistic earlier, which Mm -hmm. you were totally shocked by, that the most, what was it, the most common age to be a single parent is 38. Which Um, is not the societal representation. You see, like, a single parent as a young mum who's, like, made silly mistakes and silly choices and stuff like that. Yeah, and got, like, like five kids. Yeah, whereas it's not. You said that most single parents are parents of one child and at that age. Do you know what I mean? It's just the power of stigma, right? (laughs) I know, and that's totally, yeah, it's it's really bad. And I don't think age really, like, changes how you are as a parent. I think, yeah, you may have different experiences, but you might have... I think we had this discussion the other day. As a young parent, maybe you haven't experienced much of life without a child, so you're more it's more easy for you to adapt to parenting. Yeah. Whereas maybe someone that's been older and having a child may have gotten used to their life yeah. and might really struggle with the changes of being a parent for the first time. Yeah, that's you know I mean? such a good point. That is a really good point. Because I remember when I got pregnant and had Lily, I remember everything was a little bit of a whirlwind and like every moment was new and I was learning Mm -hmm. a million new things and I think I just remember just taking every moment and just being like oh okay well this is new and like and you just you just sort of go with it really and you like you just adapt I think you do like even if you think you can't do it like when the moment comes like you just it happens and Mm -hmm. it changes you and just I think I would just encourage anybody to just embrace the new changes and see what Mm -hmm. comes from it because actually incredible things come from it. I like to think the world will never throw at you more than you can handle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Somebody said that to me and I found that really encouraging. Someone said, I think it was like a faith, like somebody of faith says something like, oh, like I only believe that God can give you what you can almost like a heavenly amount that you can handle or something mm-hmm. something along those lines and I was like oh that's that's really like encouraging that's cute yeah oh, that's and last question and this will end on like a really nice note mm-hmm. if you could go back in time and meet little M who just found <laughs> out you were pregnant and you had no idea what would be in store for you what would you go and tell your younger self to not fixate so much and to not worry about so I always kind of had in my brain about how I wanted my perfect family to be and I think there is no perfect family there's just the best that you can do and I think like by going out on my own I've realized how much better things are and how do you know what I mean so don't get too bogged down on the idea of like the perfect family because you and yourself are enough family for your child and 
anything that's thrown at you you can get over it if you just breathe and yeah <laughs> yeah that's so, that's that's really lush yeah that's so good so yeah I think that is all so that's a wrap for this that's podcast. a wrap we've but had enough to <laughs> thank you so much for joining me in the coach okay thank you for having me <laughs> sharing your story I always say you have the most inspiring story and you're a most amazing mum so are you so, girl. thank are you. you thank you <laughs> yeah so I hope anyone who listens to this enjoys it and yeah and just you're not alone you're, you're not, not alone, alone and whatever life throws at you whether you're a parent or not a parent yeah just take every day as it comes mm-hmm. and you will have an incredible future and there's always support out there if you need it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> all right goodbye goodbye thanks for listening to compassionate conversations make sure you have a listen to our other episodes and don't forget to subscribe and follow us on at single parents Wellbeing. being